this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your and I'm Evan. And uh, Netflix, can you uh, can can you meet me here? I just meet me at the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Netflix, can we can we just talk? And and I'm Ronnie. I think you might have to like censor Evan's intro because I really want to do a spoiler warning for for this. Oh yeah. I, I you could all just say, also just put a little thing at the beginning like spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Everything in this episode's a spoiler because we have no. To, it's like, gonna be way more fun if I beep you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. If you're gonna tell by those introductions, <laughs> ending pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Netflix's Teenage Bounty Hunters, but before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? I'm desperate to see how you try to tie the bit into what's happening in this show. Like, I really, like, I know you don't always, but I'm really, like, hoping that you had some kind of elaborate, like, roundabout way of tying the bit into the truly wild ride of this show. So, my bit was going to be that I did not want to have a bit and I just wanted to stress how good this show was mm-hmm. and how much you should watch this show before you listen to us spoil it. True Because statements. this is a phenomenal show. But Evan just gave me the idea for a bit. Oh. So hey. I'm, I'm going to tuck a bit inside a bit like a calzone. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's like ricotta and some chicken and maybe some spinach. That sounds like a pretty Chicken good calzone. calzone. Okay. With some spinach? Yeah. I would like yeah, that. That sounds like onions. That sounds I'm like more... not not pizza flavored flavors. So I'm Right. Down. I'm more of a pizza flavored calzone kind of guy. I'll, I'll get down on a chicken calzone though. I fucking love ricotta. Mm. Ricotta so and good. Anyway, come 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 back come back to Pensy. I'll make you some fresh ricotta. Oh, fuck yeah. This show rules. If you have not watched teenage bounty hunters and you think oh it's not a big deal i'm just gonna enjoy the pending pals and Andy pendy and hear them talk about it. you're a fucking idiot yeah watch the show it's really good it's so good it's we, so good this might be we, the best show we've ever watched yeah and like genuinely i'm the sort of person that spoilers don't bug me right uh, like if, if you're a, a fan of Where They Made Radio and you listen to other podcasts, you know the intro of Force Friends is like, spoilers all day. Like, we're just here to talk about spoilers. Uh, I would genuinely be amiss. Like, like I would... Remiss? I would, be, I would be fucking sad if <laughs> I thought I spoiled Teenage Bounty Hunters for someone. So please watch this show. The twists and turns that happened... Are nuts. Anyway, time we will for a know. bit. We will know. Like you, you will not be like, oh, I'll just listen. We will know, and we will. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing we could do. We're going to be mad, disappointed. We're going to be. Yeah, it, well, it's, we're just going to be really disappointed. We're gonna, we're gonna just look down the list of our of our listeners, our downloads, and say, oh, that person definitely didn't watch this show beforehand, and just kind of go, oh man, these listeners. 
and we're going to let Andy loose. And you know how Andy likes to just eviscerate <laughs> all, the audience. All 20,000 of you listeners yes. out there. That, yes. that Did you hear that, advertisers? <laughs> hey, hey, also, Netflix, fuck you. Uh, yeah. How dare you cancel I just the show? Ta- I just want to talk. Just, like, meet me at this address at this dunk. I just want to talk. Uh, before we get into Teenage Bounty Hunters, though, I have a bit for us. All right, what's a bit? What's a bit? If you... Spoilers start here. I have to. I I, I, just, I want to really yeah. emphasize that bit. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers are here for Terminator Two. If you <laughs> uh, got rescued by Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Two, and he was like, "Talk to your parents," uh, and uh, he was like, "Are uh, do your parents read X Men comics?" And 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 like little little John Connor, you're like, "Yeah." And then he's like, who's the best X-Man? And then the, the mom is like, Wolverine. And he's like, your parents are dead. Your parents are fucking dead. How would you teach you John Connor's parents mm. each other to find like to find out if your co-hosts were imposters? So like, what question would we ask Ronnie to know yeah. if Ronnie was Ronnie or Ronnie's estranged identical twin? Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, I think, vice- I think, I think what I would ask Evan is, um, hey, could I get like a like I have a friend who's like looking to to spend a little bit of money and um, is looking for like a leather bracer. Like like how soon can you have that that ready? And if and if uh, doppelganger Evan gives any other answer except for my Etsy, my Etsy window is closed. My Etsy store is closed. <laughs> then I then I know that's not Evan. That's not real, Evan. If Evan's like, oh, I can have that done probably by the end of the month, I'm like, "Mm, I'm diving out of the car. (laughs) You're correct, Ronnie. The answer is, I don't take commissions. Do not ask me. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Uh, I think my one for Evan would be, uh, hey, how uh, how's the latest Wolfgar book? Uh, How's how's the latest Bob Salvatore uh, Wolfgar Dritz book? And if he does not immediately go, oh, Wolfgar's the worst character ever, uh, <laughs> then I know. No, the answer to that is, you fuck always those books. I haven't read them in 10 years. Yeah, but but you always go, Wolfgar's the worst. The, as soon as someone says the word Wolfgar, you go, oh, he's the worst. He's so boring. I mean, that's true, but I think everyone has that opinion. I think everyone hates Wolfgar. That's why he's not the, char- the main character he's- of the series anymore. He's he's literally like in the new video game they just made. I've never met a person who likes Wolfgar. Is all I'm saying. The oh. easy, I mean, the easy thing for Andy is like, hey, name this super. Obs- what's that? What's what's the guy at the beginning of Force Awakens who gives the the USB stick? Or Santeca to uh, to Poe Dameron. See. But here's the problem is that I've heard you say that to somebody before. I heard somebody ask you that question and say that name, but I did not retain that information. So they could just say whatever fucking shit that they <laughs> popped into their head. And I'd be like, well, shit, that might be it. I don't know. Star Wars is wild. Um, I think it would have to be book by by uh, Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray. Is that the author? Claudia. E.K. Johnston or Claudia Gray are both Star E.K. Wars Johnston. Authors. That's that's who I was trying to think of. Like. I really, really love what they did with the gray Jedi in that, in that book. Like, don't, don't you like really think that like, it's, it's a, it's a good example of, of gray Jedi stuff. 
<laughs> I know the great Jedi. I know is a Legends thing, and so that wouldn't appear in this book. But still, no, even in Legends, they didn't exist. Fuck the great Jedi. It's a fan made thing, and it's bad and dumb and wrong. There's never been a great Jedi. There's one dude in a Kotor game who's like, oh, I see the Force and shades of gray, and that's yeah. it. And it's just one jackass, and he's wrong. So it would be wild if a doppelganger launched into that passionate of a diatribe. And if the doppelganger did not launch into that passionate of a diatribe, I would know that they fakesies, they phonies, balonies. I was going to say my question for Andy would be, what's your opinion on the prequels, the Star Wars prequels? And if Andy says anything other than, look, there's good elements in them, like there's, you know... There's there's no reason to to be up in arms hating the prequels because there's a lot of stuff in there that gave us interesting stuff. You know, if Andy gives anything other than a, a measured, thoughtful, and very long response, then it's not the real Andy. I'm biting my tongue on my measured, thoughtful, and long response. But yeah, that that, that seems fair. Yeah. Uh, it I is bunk. Ma- if, 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 if Andy was being doppelganged by any, like progressive and or queer star wars fan that would also be the response of like listen the prequels the prequels have some merit like let's not throw the prequels out the issue is that like the prequels aren't even a uh like dog whistle anymore for like shitty people because they all say the prequels were george like the people who made uh the fans versus george lucas are now up in arms saying the prequels were george's last true vision (laughs) <laughs> and now Kathleen Kennedy's ruined everything and we need to go back to the prequels. And it's like, didn't you like four years ago, like spit in my milkshake because I like was wearing an attack of the clothes shirt. Like get the fuck out of here. Uh, for Ronnie, I had, I had something with an Evan and, and you both brought up contentious topics. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I, I have some that are like deeply personal that I could use and, that just wouldn't be interesting podcasting audio. Yeah, uh, especially if it's like super deeply personal because we've already had to cut out stuff that is deeply personal <laughs> about Ronnie yeah, yeah, that has yeah, drawn yeah. questions, so let's not repeat that history. Um, I would ask uh, if Ronnie could tell me about uh, his favorite adaptations of My Fair Lady. <laughs> This is not uh this is not specifically a a selfie dig. I know sure. that you know many iterations of My Fair you know about My Fair Lady. You could tell me the plot of My Fair Lady. I don't know anybody else who can tell me the plot of My Fair Lady and name even one or two adaptations of My Fair Lady. So uh I think that would be a pretty safe bet. Alex Flanagan would def if if Alex Flanagan's doppelganging me. Alex I, Flanagan. I think we be. uh <laughs> Uh, I think we have to assume that uh, the the doppelganger here doesn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of your life sure. and all of your interests because sure. that wouldn't have worked in the show either if the doppelganger yeah. had 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 an encyclopedic knowledge of the person they were imitating's life and right. Right. interests. I, I think mine for you, Ronnie, would be like, yeah. So Broadway really peaked with uh, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we both did musical theater things, which is a really, a yeah. really shallow. You guys both did uh, Star Wars for me. Okay. So no, listen, I, I am type typecast me away because yeah. there is. Yeah, I, I, I do not need to tell you about the uh, fact that Stephen Sondheim uh, could uh, piss circles around Andrew Lloyd Webber and throw Rodgers and Hammerstein's in that circle. And, and he's still pissing. He's still pissing big, 
big old funny thing happen on the way to the forum circles around those two schlups. That would get me. That would that would yeah, get that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but with this with this portels or portends, we are bad portends. at words today. Remiss. What, <laughs> what this remisses is that um, no matter what, when when the rest of our lives, uh, when either of us asks us like kind of an innocuous question that feels kind of apropos of nothing, we need to give super impassioned responses so that we don't get like T two blasted away. Uh, yeah, but like. No, I promise I'm Ronnie. Uh, Selfie is a adaptation where uh, Freddy is really the best character. Where in My Fair Lady, Freddy is kind of kind of a a, a, a bumbling idiot. Uh, but I mean, he has his merits. But uh, so yeah, I have to be very. We have to be so emphatic and passionate um, about these uh, super niche things, which as uh, a couple of white folks uh, with a podcast, we are not used to doing. Um, yeah, can you imagine? That'd be so weird. Good bit, Andy. Yeah, good bit. We got there eventually. We got there. That that became a very good bit. Well, we're already um, kind of talking about the show, so this is going to be easier for me. This is a very handy uh, built-in yeah. segue. Evan, Evan, I do not envy your... Uh, Andy, co- commendations on, on how well you did last time. Uh, it's hard. Doing, the, doing the, the, the recap. Evan, take it away. I do not envy your position. Uh, what happened in these two episodes of... I'm going to uh, interrupt. Yeah. If you thought that we didn't know, dear listener, yeah, that yeah. you did not go and watch the show, right? guess what? This is the final altar call. Yeah. This is the final time to come forward, confess your sins, Busted. and watch the show. We caught wee, you. Wee, 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 wee. I feel the spirit moving, and I know that some people continued listening, and I want to see their hands. Listen, so come on it. down. Every everyone wants Andy's bits. No one wants to turn off the podcast before Andy's bits. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm going to sit on the chair backwards and level with you. I get it. I, I got some <laughs> grace for you here. But listen, my, my friend Andy over here, they're not, they're not going to take so kindly to you. So just like, hit, hit pause. Probably undownload. Probably delete this so that you can re-download and give us that good, good extra download. Um, but get out now. Get out while you still yeah. can. And watch the show. It's really, watch really the show good. Is so good. And if you were like, oh, I listened to you guys spoil the other episode. Baby, you do not know you what's coming. You have no idea what's coming. You have, you have no yeah. idea. Go yeah. watch the show. I have, I'm so thankful that uh, I had downloaded the Les Hangout episodes about it. Yeah. And I was going to listen to them today at work before I watched the last two episodes thinking, oh, I, you know, I probably feel like I know where the show's going. And I was like, you know what? When they were on, they kind of made like a big stink about how uh, about how wild these final two episodes are. So maybe I should stop. And I didn't yeah. listen, and I'm so happy I didn't listen because these two episodes blew my mind. And I want that. You for listened you. to them, but you did not listen to their podcast episode. Yeah, you yeah, I did the- not listen to the ep- uh, to the episodes. I watched uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. I'm going to listen to the Les Hangout episodes tomorrow at work because I did not listen today, and I didn't get spoiled and these episodes blew my mind i had no idea what was coming and maybe you're thinking like you know they're saying a lot of things but their passions are kind of like tempered here is this really as wild as it is because they don't seem so emphatic i'm saving so much of this energy for Mm -hmm. after the recap Mm -hmm. Um, yeah 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 do do not take my kind of like mild-mannered uh peter parker appearance for uh not being spider fucking excited about this show 
Um, uh, I will spoil in the recap also. It, yeah. Is, yeah. it is impossible it is to understand ah, the show without the spoilers. Coming. So here we go. This is here your off ramp. Yeah. I'm, here we go. All right. Uh, begin, like the, at the beginning of episode nine, you will recall April and Sterling kind of together now. Miles and Blair broken up now. Uh, Bowser and Yolanda kind of broken up. They weren't exactly together, but they had an altercation and Bowser's mm-hmm. upset about it. Certainly professionally but, broken up. Yeah, profession, platonically professionally broken up. <laughs> so um, there's a lock-in coming up at the school. You know, a good Christian lock-in coming up at the school. And uh, um, Sterling is like, hey, we should, like, go public at the lock-in. Not really in an obvious way, but we should just, like, hold hands, like, sleep next to each other and stuff, and just kind of, like, let, you know, let, we should soft come out at the lock-in, basically. And April's like, you know, maybe, maybe that's okay. But April's dad gets cleared of all his charges and comes back, and, uh, like, this is this is a thing that happens in episode 9. It has fallout in episode 10, but I'm going to tell this portion of the story consecutively because it's important april's dad comes back from prison and her dad is really homophobic so this is going to be important later meanwhile blair in her grief from the end of the relationship with miles uh dives really deep into her mom's sort of like vague weird backstory they've hinted at this before in previous episodes like their mom doesn't talk about her past and like there's some kind of she sort of like veils it in like oh my my parents died when i was young and it's very traumatic and i don't like to talk about it but she always claimed to be from savannah and uh she like finally gave blair some pictures of her when she was younger and blair like hyper fixates on what's going on in these pictures there's like a a restaurant and she's like that's not a restaurant in savannah there's only one of those what the heck's going on so blair becomes really determined to like figure out what's going on with their mom's past. She like Googles where this restaurant is and it's the only one. And, um, uh, when Sterling finally comes home from her hangout with April, uh, she and Blair like get into it. Blair's upset because she didn't, uh, turn up to bail her out of the job they were doing with Bowser. And this is why like, well, Blair blames Sterling for her being broken up with Miles, basically, because uh, Sterling was busy uh, making out with April. Blair doesn't know about April yet, but Sterling was busy making out with April, and she didn't uh, uh, bail Blair out of this bounty hunting obligation she had, and so Miles broke up with her. So they get into an argument, but uh, Blair or Sterling insists on going with Blair to investigate their mom's past in this weird little town, so they go on a road trip together to this weird little town. Uh, their parents notice that they are missing and understandably freak out, but the the twins are on a mission. They, uh, they go to the restaurant in the photo. The guy in the restaurant recognizes their mom's shirt that's in the photo. It's uh, like some kind of fundraiser shirt from a local church. They go to the local church. The lady at the church tells them uh, vague information They go to the police station with that vague information. The gay guy at the police station helps them find information. Uh, And at the end of all of this, at the end of all of this, uh, first of all, they have another argument in this weird little town where uh, Sterling accuses Blair of uh, 
basically like needing her life to be chaotic so that she feels like she's the center of attention, basically. And Blair accuses Sterling of being boring. Sterling comes out to Blair about the the April thing. They have a very tense car ride home. But at the end of this whole like investigation, they realize that their mom is wanted for arson. They get home. They confront their mom about it. Their mom says that she was uh, like basically in a, a fundamentalist cult and she was persuaded to uh, burn down an abortion clinic. And she keeps assuring them that like, I don't feel that way anymore and it's going to be fine. And we've got lawyers on retainer and everything's fine. Please calm down about it. I'm not mad about you leaving town and not calling us. Just like everything's going to be fine. Yes, I'm wanted for arson, but it's going to be fine. Uh, and this was also hinted at earlier in the show because we saw a poster on the wall and we were like, is that their mom? But we did it. <laughs> we did not see this coming. Um, Bowser confronts the twins because there is a bounty out on their mom. Uh, he Bowser breaks up with them, basically, because he was like, what the fuck? Did you guys get into bounty hunting specifically to protect your mom? And they're like, no, we had no idea. And he's like, I don't believe you. So uh, we're done with this relationship. Um, His motive for breaking up with them was that he cares about them and he could never turn in their mom. And he is therefore like compromised as a bounty hunter. And like he's willing to not turn in their mom, but he's not willing to work with them anymore. And I like that. That kind of nuance I thought was really interesting. Okay, continue. Um, So they're having a real wild ride of a day. And uh, Sterling decides that she still wants to go to this lock in that's coming up because she was going to like get to hang out with April some more and come out and be gay or bi or she she's uh she's said several times she's not like identifying herself with anything yet but she's into april and she knows that that's going so um and then uh blair is thinking about going to the lock-in but it's like you know what i'm in love with miles and i need to confess my love to him and see if we can work this out so sterling goes to the lock-in april uh remember Earlier, her dad's back in town. Her dad's a big homophobe, so she is now uh, back to her old being a huge jerk to uh, uh, Sterling to basically deflect anyone's suspicion. She's flirting with Luke, who is um, Sterling's old boyfriend. She's uh, just being just being real stuck up, and Sterling is deeply hurt about it. Uh, she confronts April about it. April says, like, yeah, I just, I'm not ready to come out yet, and my dad's a homophobe, and, like, I'm just gonna, this is just how I'm gonna be, indefinitely. And, uh, Sterling's like, I don't, uh, uh, she's very upset. Um, she calls Blair to come get her, but Blair has just gone to Miles' house, uh, and confessed her love to him, and, uh, found out that he never told his family about her and he's just generally kind of like indifferent about it and is kind of upset that she just like waltzed into his house. Uh, so, uh, she realizes that he didn't feel the same way about her that she felt about him. And she goes home and is very upset, but she doesn't respond to Sterling's text. Somebody shows up at the school. We, the audience and also Sterling 
assume that it's their mom. It's not their mom. Played it by the same their, actor. Like it, played by the same actress. Yes. Played and um it is their mom's twin sister who they never knew about masquerading as their mom to kidnap Sterling and bring her back to uh this little town. The I don't think it's actually the same town they investigated earlier. I'm not sure. But anyway, Sterling's uh mom's to this point unknown twin sister turns up in town to kidnap Sterling. Uh Blair and Bowser must team up again to rescue Sterling. Uh the parents, uh Sterling and Blair's actual parents uh get info from Blair and Bowser's uh, investigative skills. They like call the parents and they're like, we're on our way to get Sterling. We figured out where she is. We followed the trail of Sour Patch Kids to where she is. The parents show up. There's this big showdown in the trailer park where the, her name is, uh, Aunt Dana. Dana is, uh, uh, the twins, mom's twin sister. Uh, there's a showdown. Her weird boyfriend gets shot in the leg by Bowser Sterling gets rescued, uh, and in the last moments of this confrontation, Dana announces that she is Sterling's biological mother, and that Blair and Sterling are not twins. And that is just where the whole thing ends, on this bombshell. Oh boy, Police sirens in the background. Yeah. Uh, mom pointing a shotgun at Dana. It's wild. Listeners, I have been growing my nails out for a very long time, and I have just bitten all of them off because I was so stressed out remembering these episodes while Evan recapped them. Like just the just the like visceral like imagery that Evan was pouring into my brain was enough to make me like, mm, nope, I need I need I need to cope. I need to cope right now. I want to stress that even like in the summary, obviously, it's uh like I'm giving a very like fast and dirty like replay of what happened it sounds like this is coming out of nowhere but like guys it totally worked like it uh, you know it it, like tied together with these little hints that you've been seeing throughout the show like everything it 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 really came together it was a huge surprise but it also really felt like it blended in to everything that had happened to that point so yeah, what a what a what a couple of episodes. What a show. What All a great of the show. clues that I guess we're not talking positives yet, but yeah, the, these two episodes ruled so fucking hard, and the fact Andy, that Andy, like these two episodes of of, of uh, worked, Bounty worked, Hunters, something worked for you. Worked, 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 worked. Evan, these two episodes of the Teenage Bounty yes. Hunters, how they work for you? They work for you. Good worked. Good show. Good show. Hey Ronnie. Ronnie. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. They show the episodes. These episodes of the show, they work in. They, they work so far. So, yeah. so, so good. Okay, positives? All right, let's just oh, rattle okay, off okay. positives. Okay. Let's just all, rattle them off. All of the clues Sterling was put in to get... You know what? I feel like we should do this in episode order. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like if we don't talk yeah. about yeah. good stuff right now about episode 9, we will only focus on episode 10. Yeah. So let's just Fair. bang out some... Because some, 9 is a good episode, but... 9 a great episode. 
the the government employee. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a cop. He was just local government guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was great. Super fun. Just mm-hmm. fun cameo. The relationships and the like messy, complicated ways that they come together and fall apart in episode nine are so like. They're so authentic. I was going to say relatable. They're not exactly relatable because I can't say specifically that a lot of these things have happened to me, but um, like they felt extremely real, like Bowser being this uh, sort of like mentor figure who gives up a skip to talk to Blair on the phone after she and Sterling had this argument. The argument they had was very believable. The relationship between the twins, the way that their, like, interpersonal relationships are, like, coming together and, like, the the challenges that they are having and the, the relationship between Bowser and Yolanda, like, all of it feels extremely authentic. It's very well written. It's very well acted. It's really, it's really good. It's very believable human, human behavior. Um... I think that these episodes, I mean, I, I agree we should split them up. These episodes, like, this is a film. Like, these last mm-hmm. two episodes are a feature film. Like, they, they flow so perfectly into each other where while you're, like, recapping, I'm like, I think that happened in episode 10. That might have happened in episode 9. But it's not as if it's like, oh, well, that messes with the continuity. It's just, it like, everything is kind of happening at the same time in these episodes until shit just hits the fan. And, like, it is it is very, like film style of just like we're setting things up setting things up setting things up almost almost akin to like a a like a tarantino like a pulp fiction kind of thing where like Mm -hmm. everything is kind of happening at the same time everything is stacked together and we're kind of seeing it as it goes through and then all of a sudden like all of the action like reconvenes at this one huge point that is like make that, that kind of ties all of it together yeah the rest of this show was happening kind of on like uh, a longer time scale, like this would happen a few days later, something else would happen. Maybe right. a week later, something else would happen. But these last, uh, like few episodes, I want to say like the last three or four episodes happen over the course of like two days. Like it really, it feels very viscerally like the, the plot is thickening. The action is accelerating. Like everything's it's a runaway train together. It is yeah. absolutely a runaway train. And like, uh, we we've done some tweeting where like we like had to take breaks and stuff like this. And like, I had to take a break uh, right before we figured out what was going on with April. And that was stressful as hell. Like realizing like April was a total bitch to uh, Sterling. And that was like, like we talked about with Lee and, uh, and Ellie, like that was like, Oh man, this show is really good because they are lesbians and they're really into each other and that's really nuanced. And then to have that just all kind of like not even like gradually taken away, but just ripped out from under you hurt so much. And you and you felt that empathy with with Sterling. And like we took I had to take a break at that point. And so like my heart was like hurting. And then I had to take a break during the finale. And I was so stressed out. I was so like beside myself. So, in episode nine, they start doing a lot of Star Wars references, like, really aggressively, like, found out April is a huge Star Wars fan, that was something she shared with her dad, and then her and Luke start bonding over their love of Star Wars, 
and they start quoting Star Wars to each other. And I was like, okay, like when TV shows mention books, you should pay attention. When TV shows mention movies, Mm. you should pay attention. So I was like, all right, they're going to do some sort of parent thing. I thought maybe like we were going to find out that the mom like was actually like villainous. Like obviously like we had the clues that she was on a wanted poster but, like, the assumption was that, like, she was at least being honest when she said that part of her life was over. But I was like, oh, maybe that's the reveal. Or maybe there's a, like, another kid we don't know about. Like, like I was trying to figure it out. And so when we got Secret Evil Twin, I was like, oh, shit, that's the reveal. Like, Luke and Leia didn't know they were twins. Like, here's the reveal that, like, their mom had a twin that the kids didn't know about. Mm -hmm. But then to subvert my expectations further and do a fucking I'm your father reveal. God damn. It was so it it fucking took the the air like out of my lungs. Like that is so incredibly like like smart of you to point out, Andy, like that they like completely out of nowhere. They begin the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And, and, I, and like at first I was like, oh, it's a quirky kind of character beat. But then like it just right. kept happening. And I was like, oh, they're setting something up. And you yeah. think it's at least for me, I was like, oh, the the evil twin is the like the Star Wars reveal. But no, it was an I'm your father moment. Fucking incredible. Fucking incredible. Uh, can I just say also. The all of the bits in this uh, the town of Nandina that they were in, yes. all of the small town people bits, so good, were very funny. Mm-hmm. The the one that really got me was they went to this uh, this church and there was this old woman that I mean she wasn't she was an older woman she wasn't that old, but uh, they were like, hey, have you heard of Debbie Culpepper? And the lady goes, Culpepper, <laughs> Culpepper. Call Pepper. She just like, and it just goes on. It's like, I mean, the Family Guy bit is dumber, so I'm, I'm not doing this bit favors by comparing it. But it's you know that Family Guy bit where like Peter hits his knee or whatever and just keeps going ah, and it just keeps going like on. And like every time she says Call Pepper, you think it's gonna be the last time she says Call Pepper, but she just keeps going for like sev- like a couple full minutes. She just goes Call Pepper, Call Pepper. And I, I, I was, I was literally laughing out loud. She's, ac- the, she's accessing the file in her like brain storage. She says <laughs> or whatever. The, the joke that the longer the church name, the more intense yes. they are. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Raising money for the one of their snakes died because their snake handling church. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Rapture preparedness group. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, the like barbecue place. Yeah, that like, the dude with the like pig everything was linoleum and like gross looking. And he was like, "Welcome to whatever it was called. Our ham is good." And they were like, <laughs> "That's your that's your tagline." And he was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Did you know that on your sign you have a a little cartoon pig eating pork? That's like pig cannibalism." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess so." And I was like, "Yeah, this is every um." Every sketchy barbecue place I've been to, yeah. Our ham is good. (laughs) It was... uh, And and happening alongside of that 
is um, the Bowser and Terrence dynamic. Yes, I um, um, I failed so to even bring good. that up because so much other stuff was happening. Yeah. But, uh, Terrence and Terrence and um, and Bowser go on the hunt for the uh, the skip that Bowser could not uh, chase down in the previous episode, and they kind of like tag team it. And it starts with Bowser bringing donuts to the house uh, and Terrence, who slept it, who is dating. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? Yolanda. Yolanda, yes. Um, and like clearly, Terrence saved the night. And he's like, I'm making homemade uh, cinnamon rolls from scratch. And they're talking and, and everything like that. And then Terrence is in the kitchen like, hey, Bowser, you want one of these cinnamon rolls? And Bowser just looks him dead in the eye and goes, yes <laughs> it was just so good it was so good they were very good cinnamon rolls bowser loved them they go on this big uh hunt and like 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 uh y- y'all said they like t- he bowser takes the time away to be this like mentor figure for the twins to blair of just like being reasonable with blair like oh you know you 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 can be kind of self-centered too. Like maybe don't like take that all, all out on Sterling and you know, maybe you guys need to talk to each other. You're really, you know, your sisters, you, you guys really love each other. Like while this is happening, there's a huge fight happening behind Bowser to get this skip. And Terrence is using like a bow staff and like, yeah, they're, it's very they're, good. They're driving through the Tyler Perry studios trying to like it. There, there's so much. I, I, I need to watch these two episodes again and i will i i i actually convinced kirsten to watch this show and she she was watching the episodes without me trying to catch up to me and i was like no 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 what are you doing i need to watch you have i I need the lee and ellie moment of of watching you have these revelations like do not do not skip ahead I, i need to be there with you when we finished the last episode, I was like, I cannot wait to rewatch the show yes, and watch yes. it from the start with with all of this information. Yeah. Because, uh, like, they were hinting at stuff, and I wasn't, like, I knew I wasn't comprehending it. Like, when yeah. they showed Dana getting gas and shit and talking to Levi, well, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because I they, didn't know it was Dana. Even before that, they show the father, I think his name is Anderson, they show the father, the twins' father, giving to, to whom we believe is Debbie, is the twins' mom, giving mm-hmm. her the car and saying, like, oh, well, call me when you get over state lines. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're at that point, we think that the mom is on the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't we don't know that she is actually back where she is until Blair gets the text from Sterling saying, mom picked me up. And she says that. To her mom, who's in the house. And so, like, like the, the fact that, like, they've been helping this sister, like, the family has been helping her, and, like, it's all so expertly hidden and, like, kind of, like, smoke and mirrors kind of thing that, like, it hits so... It, it I was so confused when their mom is in the house with Blair. I was so lost. I was so like, what happened? But they also like gradually walk you backwards through what happened being like, yeah, we help her out when we can. And, you know, we've given her what she needs and given her money from time to time. And, and they say like, oh yeah, 
her aunt picked her up in the family car to the police and the police are like, are you sure this is a missing person situation? Why is this? Why are we involved? Um, it's, it's, it is so, I, I don't feel like we're doing, I, I don't feel like I'm doing an excellent job kind of laying it out. It is so expertly crafted. There is well, not also, a second that is missed. This makes the mom's like random weird behavior before, remember when Blair was trailing the mom around because they thought she was, like, cheating or hiding something or something? Like, in retrospect, some of her weird behavior in those scenes makes sense now. Like, the argument she was having on the phone must have been with the sister, like, asking for more money because they reveal that, like... Uh, th- so, one of my complaints as of episode 9 was gonna be... Like, oh, the dad quit his job several episodes ago, and we haven't really seen any, like, consequences of that. Like, we haven't seen financial fallout because he's been without a job for, like, at least several weeks now. And, like, you know, they're living pretty high. They've got a pretty, like, expensive lifestyle. So surely this would be showing up somewhere. But then sure enough, the reason that the aunt comes out of the woodwork now is because they can't afford to pay her her be quiet and go away money anymore because the dad doesn't have a job. So it's not something that we saw earlier, but we're like, oh, shit. So I almost had a complaint in that I didn't think it made justifiable sense for the mom to lie and say that she was the one who did the arson and to keep her secret twin a secret. Like, there comes a point where you just gotta come clean. And I was like, yeah, it's really weird that, like, the mom kept lying about it because, like, Sterling got put in serious danger because her mom is a horrible person. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry, her birth mom. And her her adopted mom should have, like, just been straight up with her. But the final reveal of, no, this horrible person is your real mom, and I'm your adoptive mom, yeah. Well, no, have, you would do everything you could to, like, keep that under wraps for I, the right moment. I have to assume, also, and I, that we didn't get this, we're not going to get a second season, so we don't know this for sure, but it's, the, the vibe I'm getting is that, um... The, the mom, the, you know, the, the mom that we know about. Uh, we're going to call her, we're going to call her mom and Dana is just Dana. Okay, I'm going to call fair. her debt. Okay. I'm, the real mom is named Debbie. We're going to call her Debbie. Debbie. I get the impression that Debbie did not at any point, like formally legally adopt Sterling mm. because like, she's clearly going to like, Dana realizes that she kind of has, like, blackmail material on Debbie if she doesn't let her, like, adopt this girl. And, like, obviously, uh, uh, these kids have been together since they were babies. Uh, Debbie has been raising Sterling for her whole life. She's not going to give her up. So I cannot imagine that Dana would have given up official legal rights to Sterling because she realizes that as long as she doesn't do that, uh, like she can continue to basically extort money Mm -hmm. out of, uh, Debbie and the dad. 
So my inference, and they didn't specifically say this, like I said, but my inference is the reason Debbie was so desperate to keep law enforcement out of this whole situation, even though like Sterling was in danger, and even though she was going to potentially take the fall for what Dana did, is because she knew that if it was discovered that she was not Sterling's biological mom, then like legally she'd have to give Sterling back to her legal mom. Yeah, so, and like it made it made sense to continue lying to the daughters about it. Yeah, once, that, that was an once that truth enough, came out, I was just like, yeah. oh shit! Like, no, everything makes sense. Yeah, all of the hoop jumping that uh, mom and dad were doing to like rebuff the twins about this family secret and like to keep coming clean with smaller, tinier secrets and being like, that's the whole story. Please stop looking into it. Like, and it just keeps escalating is because they didn't want that truth to come out. And it, yeah, it's a bombshell. I, my like almost negative was similar in that. Like I felt like the, all of this leading up to, oh yeah, when I was a teenager or something, I burned down a, an abortion clinic. Um, and, but like I learned my lesson and, and now I won't do it again. And like, I just, I, I want to like raise you guys away from that, that like the sh- credit to the show and credit to these actors that felt like the final reveal. And I was like, that doesn't, I'm not satisfied by that. And that mm-hmm. doesn't quite jive because this is an extremely satisfying show. And I thought that that, that was like the end of that. And we were going to like pursue these other plot points. You know, April's dad came home. And so there's that like loose, loose thread hanging around. Like I thought we were going to delve more into that. Um, but no, but no, the show said, aha, I gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, we're actually a very good show with good writing. And you were stupid to assume otherwise. And I was. And the show's good. Yeah, I was telling Andy in the car, like, every time I had a minor little quibbly complaint Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. this show, the show was like, you idiot, you fool, you think we didn't think of that? It's really, like, the the storytelling here is exceptional. And also, it's really funny. And also, it's very, I mean, if you're, if you're raised any kind of, uh, Christian, it's also very relatable. God, the so, lock-in. Let's let's chat lock-in and sexual <laughs> repression. The teacher was so good. <laughs> yeah, they were the the waspy um uh like fellowship leader woman. I don't know exactly Ellen, what Ellen. Yeah, yeah. She was uh concerned about putting on Prince of Egypt because Moses in Prince of Egypt <laughs> is a little bit too hot, and she was like, Oh, the parents were so concerned about sexual activity. At the the lock in, uh, and I thought that was ridiculous. But then you know I thought about it, and in the Prince of Egypt, Moses, you know, it was just a very, it was very good. That character is very good. That little bit was very good. Even just a Prince of Egypt drop in this series, mm-hmm. it just it's it's all you need to know that like they know they get they yeah. get evangelical culture. <laughs> uh, I thought they, Bowser was just incredible. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, yeah. especially this last episode, uh, the mentor relationship he has with these two girls is, uh, just really good and really pure. Mm-hmm. And you, you really like, God, he's just such a fucking good character. And all of his beats were really, really impactful, um, with him, like comforting Blair and like mm-hmm. determined to rescue Sterling. Yes. Uh, it was good shit. And it wasn't, 
it very easily could have gone into like a Liam Neeson, like taken, like I'm going to get this girl back who like means something to, like it, it, it never felt that way. It just felt right. like he is a good man who cares about these two kids. Yeah. Like, he's not a superhero. He never does anything like wild and crazy. He's just like a reasonably competent man who's trying to help. And he like yeah. has some skills that he can apply to this situation. And he and, and Blair really work together to like figure out where mm-hmm. they are. And uh, like he, you know, he has the the uh, the more martial skill set at the very end. But it's it's not like some kind of action movie nonsense. They have a you know a tense shootout in this uh, in this trailer park. And uh, he but, still wins by being clever too. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's not that he is a badass. It is that he is uh, intelligent and competent. And uh, I think the difference between this and something like Taken is that Taken is about Liam Neeson, and it is all about Liam Neeson, and it is not about the the victim who was taken. And this it never stopped being about Sterling and Blair and. Um, uh, Bowser just like being a good mentor figure and like the the spotlight is never on him right. uh with the like emotional stakes the the final uh, I'll say final battle but like the 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 gunfight between Bowser and uh Levi the the uh you know kind of uh backwoods boyfriend of of Aunt Dana um it it, it hits on that like satisfaction point of like, it wasn't like super long. It wasn't like 15 minutes of the episode were devoted to this, to this gunfight. Um, but just enough was, it was just complicated enough, just difficult enough. This Levi is not a criminal mastermind. Who's like, you know, diving behind stuff and, and really on top of his shit. He's kind of a schmuck and Bowser's kind of a schmuck too, but Bowser mm-hmm. has more to fight for. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, like you said, that it is revolving around Sterling, even around like keeping Blair safe in the crossfire, um, you know, putting himself in harm's way for the sake of others, not for the sake of his, his ego, which like extends to like, he gets some kind of information from Terrence that helps in this thing. And like, it is very on the nose and very like well drawn out that like, hey, I'm your, I'm your, the love of your life's current boyfriend and you're calling me and for also your professional rival. Who exactly. And like, yeah, that, it is not about him. He's not like, oh, I guess I got to call Terrence. He just there's no thought of it. We just cut to a call with him and Terrence. Like it's it's all about rescuing these people who are important to him. Speaking of. All of this. Sterling is it, like the victim and she is in trouble, but she is remarkably competent. Yeah. Yes. And like the setup of uh, establishing that like Blair owes her like gas money because her and like her card is empty. So like Blair PayPal her money and then she uses her credit card a bunch mm-hmm. to like ring up a tab. And it's, like, established that, like, they, like, can see each other's, like, financial transactions. That's established way earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lip gloss established earlier in the episode. Like, yeah, so, it like, sharp writing, like, clever use of limited resources. Like, it, it's all really, really good. Yeah. 
none of it feels like contrived either. It all feels no. extremely believable. This is like yep. something that, you know, a teenager in desperate circumstances would think of as they were right. sitting in a car panicking about how to get rescued. So like, and, and smart teenagers, like this isn't yeah. like, like, but the reactions they're having are very, te- <laughs> the uh, boyfriend points a gun at Sterling and Sterling like grabs a throw pillow and kind of like cuddles it close to her stomach. I'm just like, I need a comfort object right now. Like what that, that is so like adolescent behavior of just like, I need to calm down. Where's, where's like my teddy bear. This will be my teddy bear. I have no complaints about this show. The show is, this show is really good. I would watch this show all over again. And I don't know that I could say that about more than maybe two or three shows that we have ever watched. I had mentioned that it's like incredibly satisfying and um, it, it's, it's really a shame that we watch for, for frequency sake. It's really a shame that we watch frequency because I bring up frequency a lot when it comes to unsatisfying narratives. Um, but like how we've talked about how some shows like end on that really satisfying note, you get that satisfying conclusion. One of the things I realized when I was wa- like rewatching some of the episodes with Kirsten is that I'd be like, oh yeah like wait for this twist like I, I wouldn't say that but I'd be like oh here comes the twist and then that twist would happen and then the episode would continue and then I'd be like oh right there's more of it yeah oh but wait for this twist this is really good and then the twist would happen and the episode would continue there are like three or four moments in every episode where it's like oh that pays something off or that is like some kind of misdirect or some kind of like you know I wasn't prepared for that um, and it, it constantly happens this is like and I'm like, what is that? It's like, this is drama. Like, this is pure drama. This is what soap operas have been trying to do and failing for 60 years. But good, but this show comes in and just one season absolutely nails it. This is like the One Tree Hills of the world and the Dawson's Creeks and the, the Outer Banks, whatever it is, try so hard to do this, like, twisty, turny, so many, like... Who knows what's going to happen? These dynamics are so intense and it's just kind of like, meh, like that's pretty standard and tropey and like I could kind of see that coming. Um, To your point, Ronnie, this final episode had a secret twin reveal and a secret mom reveal, which sounds like the most soap opera-y bullshit Mm -hmm. ever and like they earned it. Yes. You're you're completely right about everything you're saying, Ronnie. I was totally roped in. Yep. It it is it is just so incredibly like you get that like it's it's it is like a a you know kind of procedural in a lot of ways. You are trying to get this mark at the end of the episode. Though they totally kind of like part with that. Like that that becomes like really not the point of the show right around when they find out about Bowser's past. Like mm-hmm. like it's still important to them, but it's not the show's conceit. Like the show is not really concerned with that which I think is really smart. Um, but they even like do away with the main conceit of the show. And there's still like satisfying reveal after satisfying reveal after satisfying reveal that like we get to play audience surrogate or like, like, yeah. And that, that role is like shifted around so many times because every one of these characters is getting this like surprise, you know, it, Debbie, the mom who seems to be in on everything and understanding everything, like when Blair is like, she says she's with you. She says she just got in your car. She freaks out. And like 
that's the first time that we know that that's that, that what is happening. And it's like, holy shit. Like it, there's, there's just so much where everyone is, is taking their own turn being completely caught off guard. And that means we get to be caught off guard every time a character has that reaction. So we get to like have it like six or seven times an episode in these final two episodes. I thought everything was wrapped up 15 minutes into the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, shit with April's like kind of wrapped up like Blair and Sterling are good again. They've confronted the parents that's wrapped up. Like what is even left to do? And, uh, oh boy, a lot, a whole lot. And I just can't imagine how they would cram entire arcs, entire seasons of other TV shows into like two episodes constantly. And like, it works, it's exhausting and it's a roller coaster ride, but like they nail every episode and this finale is truly bonkers good there's a uh i've heard some interviews with uh sam esmail who is the creator of mr robot um and you know he talks about how mr robot season one was successful because he wrote it like it was a film like there was nothing where it's like, oh, well, this come into will come into play in season two. This will come into play in season three. Like this is a long arcing. So we'll wait. Like he was just like, if there's story that I have, we're putting it in the season one because who knows what you get. You want to pack everything in there. And it really seems like that was the approach of this creative team was they were just like, like, like they just put everything on the table, brainstorm session and like, OK, well, this could be season two. No, it's not. That's episode four. Well, this could be season three. Nope, that's the finale. That's that, like it's it's it 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 packs so much, and there's like there like we we have to also remember like this is a one season show that was presumably going to get a second season. So there were so many episodes during episode ten where the finale, where not only but even before it felt like it was wrapped up, I was kind of like, well, this is where they're going to leave us. Like this is what like season two starts on. And they they didn't, and I'm so thankful for that for obvious reasons. But like it 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 just keeps on hitting when I did not feel like I could take any more hits. I would like to posit that part of the reason this show was not as uh like well known as it could have been is because the title Teenage Bounty Hunters, although in the first few episodes you're like, yep, they're teenagers and they're bounty hunters, there's so much more to it mm-hmm. than that, and the, the title almost sounds like the title of like a, like a porno or something, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, there's just... It, the show just has layers on layers on layers, and I almost feel like the silly title, while I like it, Mm-hmm. maybe does the show a disservice because maybe you're expecting like a very jokey dumb comedy or something out of a show called teenage bounty hunters i don't know just a theory i i, I agree with that i i could see that i do find even when i'm recapping the show i find the title of the show kind of hard to access in my like immediate frontal lobe mm-hmm. um i will say that like netflix if you're listening and you heard what evan just said and you even want to give 
that like a thought of like, yeah, that's why we had trouble marketing was because the title. You shut up, Netflix. You shut up. That is not acceptable. You didn't market this show and you need to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, we did not know about Tuca and Birdie when it came out. We didn't know about this no. show when it came out. They wouldn't shut the fuck up about The Witcher. Like, I, granted, I like The Witcher. I'm not complaining about the existence of The Witcher. But boy, I heard about The Witcher fucking everywhere. Did, and, you, know like, that, did you know that there's a new uh, Kissing Booth movie, Kissing Booth 3? I sure did, because it's all over my Netflix page, despite that movie being garbage from the jump. This might have something to do with the type of movies you watch, Ronnie, because I don't remember seeing this, but... Um, mm, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. what that says. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's not um, algorithmic. It's not algorithmic. Um. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, like, even outside of Netflix, sure. like, outside no, of sure. my Netflix sure. screen, I was hearing, uh, like, I was seeing internet ads for The Witcher. I was yeah. seeing, you know, they clearly have the power to do this. They have the power to make a show... Uh, uh, exist in the public consciousness and right. they just chose not to and when it comes down to it in our like there's a million things to watch atmosphere a million things to binge a million things to like catch up on they the long and short of it is they get to decide what succeeds and fails and like that that's fucked that like mm-hmm. the witcher like like and we talked about this before right like we talked about like um Queer Eye and Sense8 or not like um, Tuca and Birdie and Sense8 these shows that are like really like from a a queer and from a women's perspective and like really like get to the core of it those get cancelled but things like the the Gwyneth Paltrow goop show that is like very consumer based very like here's what you need you need Jade Egg in your vagina and Queer Eye, which is a queer show that is totally sanitized for a heterosexual audience, um, those are what is lifted to the top. And it's like this, look, we're doing representation. Look, we're doing a good job here. When it's like, n- no, you're deciding what succeeds and fails, and what you're choosing is the things that still appeal to a very white, cis, hetero, patriarchy-dominated audience. Like you, like you can't just say like, "Oh well, it failed." We can't, we can't make everything succeed. Oopsie can, doodle, though. marketplace of ideas. You <laughs> can, like, like you, you chose not to market this. You chose not to market everything sucks, and and I am not okay with this. And Tuke and Birdie, and they did not succeed. And some of those are COVID based, but even I don't want to hear COVID. I don't want to even hear COVID on like reasons why these shows are not like continuing. You can do Witcher certainly keep going. Witcher's certainly keeping on. Like they're filming Cassian still. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if if you want something to succeed, you will fight against the odds to make sure it succeeds. And it's it, it's it is a absolutely criminal situation that these shows, these like shows that are like by and for young queer people from a from from marginalized background like that these shows are what is like being pushed to the side and failing and that is like an intentional choice that the marketers and executives of netflix are making and you can like your witcher and you can like the 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 the, like the 10 reasons why or whatever bullshit show is like 
attractive to the teens. But like, is this show niche? Sure. Is this show amazing and everyone should watch it regardless of your interests and demographic? Absolutely. It's 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 an instant classic. It's amazingly written. And to like look at this from just a business perspective and say, no, I don't think this is gonna bring in new subscribers. Like, what are what are you doing? What are we doing here? We're not I... creating art. We're not creating good things that can like withstand the test of time we're creating products and it, and it just it I, I apologize for cutting you off Andy, but it really just no like, you're good it fucking pisses me off to no end that like i, I i'm i'm kind of like oh netflix you canceled another one and i'm mad about this actually like really is a straw that breaks the camel's back i i'm i'm like i i i, I don't know what to how to like wrap my head around it we're coming up on five years of ending pending and uh, five years is a good time to like become introspective and look back at doing this podcast with the two of you. And uh, that's five years of media criticism that we have been doing. We've watched a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. in that time. We've watched a lot of one season TV shows that were canceled before they're due. And we've watched a couple two seasons because Andy likes to break rules. (laughs) This show fucking rules. And more than any other show that we have covered, I have been emotional that this one did not get a chance to live. It is a goddamn shame that this show was canceled. Every act, every actor is incredible. Yes. Every yep. every background character fucking shines from the the the, the two barbecue chefs to the mm-hmm. fucking government employee to the teachers to the the other students like it it hits constantly and uh the writing is remarkable. All all of it is so good. And it it fucking hurts that this show. I mean, only think of, has ten episodes. Think of the careers that this could have jump started. Like like Ellie and Lee said last week, I want to watch everything that this creator, this showrunner, does. Will this showrunner get another opportunity like this? Who who Will, who, who who did this? Uh, created Kathleen, by Kat, Kathleen Jordan. Yeah. Three writing credits to her name, um, seven producing credits, um, all within the last three or four years or so. Go get your uh, money, girl. Kathleen I, Jordan, get that money. I hope will she I hope, like that's that's the shit that I'm like like Maddie Phillips and and the other uh, actors that we talked about last time. Like, are they going to get another shot at this? They absolutely should. And like in a in a perfect free market capitalist thing, they absolutely would because they are good at their job in this fake ass meritocracy. But like these executives at Netflix have decided, like, no, like this is gonna flop, and they will. I was will... uh, I was manifesting, Ronnie. I was no, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just. So... I know. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think yeah. you're you're right. Like because of uh. Because of the guys who make a demani, right? Um, there's 
uh, Kathleen Jordan will likely have fewer opportunities because the dude who make it the money decided that her show uh, should not continue. But have I'm, we covered a, a show better than this? I don't think so. I, I don't mean, think so. I, like we might have some uh, some comparable shows in the uh, in the library of media, but I like I'm Kings really excited. Good. Kings was very good. Kings was um, good, but the, the but the whole the, the main character David was was just not really yeah. there, and the and the yeah. ending really needed a second season to have any kind of legs to it. Um, uh, I I am not okay with this. Was very good, but it very mm-hmm. much like was building to something bigger, and it, we just never got there. Um, uh, you're the worst. Also, very good, but like not the same show. Definitely. Cute You're and talking fun. about everything sucks. What did I say? You're the worst. Oh, I, I always get those. Sucks. Always yeah. get those two confused. Everything sucks. Yeah, it, it 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 was fun. It wasn't. It wasn't this level of drama. It wasn't this level of sharp writing. Um, selfie, selfies up there. Um, <laughs> truly, it, it, it's it's one one A and one B. I guess the, if you the have quest to put is it up a ton there. of fun, but it's you, you know. It's a reality competition show. It's right. Right. it's hard no, to compare is, apples to oranges there. I don't, but like, I certainly haven't been excited about a show like I've been excited about Teenage Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Watching this last episode, I'm just like racking my brain trying to think of another TV show I've seen that has like surprised me like this. Yeah. yeah. Like, the twists and turns and, and legitimately like the feeling of um like falling constantly. It was like that uh that scene in the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. where uh the character is like falling and like landing on a floor and then that floor gives out. Like that yeah. that is what this felt like. Both within the plot and also also within like the emotional roller coaster of like I loved this there's no more of this mm-hmm. I love this I know that this is ending in in a very short time I love this but this is the last time we'll see this character this is a season wrap on this character like I I I, I want to be excited I want to be in a good place because this is an excellent show and I'm very very glad to have watched it. I'm so thankful to um, Ellie who reached out to us from from the flame and from Les Hangout and and having them on last week was was very like cathartic to to talk about pe- with this with people who like clearly liked it enough to like send it our way. I want to be excited, but like I'm 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 struggling. I'm struggling because I I'm very discouraged and cynical, and I don't want to be about anything let alone, like, this fun, fun, cool thing we do. Who would have known that a good show is the thing that would ultimately make Ronnie unfun? <laughs> I just want to stress that, like, I'm fucking grateful this show exists. Yes, yeah. Like, like, the fact that this piece of fucking art got made mm-hmm. is remarkable. Like, yeah. there's a lot of bad TV out there, and you really gotta work hard to make a fucking good show and this in, in in my recent memory 
is the best show I've watched in a long time. Yeah. In a long time. And yeah. uh maybe not the best title, but like goddamn this show f- fucking rules and the fact that like I got to watch it. And I got to watch it with like two people who I really love and care about and talk about yeah. it. It's pretty pretty incredible. It it feels strange to offer up any negatives at this point. <laughs> I do I do have one just small one for the sake of just like I, I, I almost want to sit on it, but for the sake of just like integrity of like we're not just falling all over this show because we don't think it can do anything wrong. I do have like a small, small nitpick that I think um in in, in these final episodes. I got one uh, too, so you fire off yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 feel free to like tear this apart and tell me why I'm wrong, because it just it um in these final episodes, we love Sterling. Sterling realizes she's some kind of queer. Sterling also uses the color wheel analogy for her queerness, which is something I've been like such an advocate for. Of like, and maybe I'm not the one who like thought of this or invented this, but like as soon as I realized that I was any kind of queer, I just like was like, well, it's not a spectrum it's it's just like a color array it's a big wheel of color and it's just like you're you're all you're you're somewhere on there you're not necessarily like and like i i feel like at the time i thought of that i wasn't hearing it very often and i am hearing it more now but like to hear that verbalized is so affirming it is so like validating um from someone who's like figuring it out in real time i just really appreciated that um, but we are like, she is the hero of this for a lot of reasons, because like, we're watching this with a lot of queer folks and she's queer and it's exciting and Blair doesn't quite understand because Blair isn't quite let in on the situation. Um, and she like, it feels to me like Sterling is queer and competent and really taking charge of her agency in a way she never got to before, but is is a little flaky and is a little forgetful and is like kind of just like lost in this world and that's her flaw. Um, Blair is really good at this bounty hunting thing and is really like you know um, taking this this her mom's um, back background project on very seriously, but she's like super aggressive and super rough around the edges and and just like has no filter and, and and hurts people with the things she says. The negative of Blair weighs on me so much more than the negative of Sterling to where I wish they were a little bit more balanced out at the end. I found myself very kind of um, not annoyed, but kind of like irritated by Blair in some of those moments where she's like laying into Sterling. Um. And when Sterling says, like, you just want drama, you're creating all these issues because, you know, it's 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 safer for things to be wild and insane by your own choice than by just circumstances of fate. I felt that like that that was totally an audience surrogate moment where I was like, yeah, that's that's what I've been feeling that she's doing this whole time. And I feel like there is more that the writers could have done to, like, balance her character out as like. Sterling's flaw is she's kind of flaky. She missed a couple texts and um, 
Blair's fault is like she can be kind of difficult to be around sometimes, which is like those are two different things and, and they carry different weights. And I wish that they would have been balanced out just a teeny bit more. Um, that is also just after watching this once, I may feel very differently after my second watch through. But that's just the one thing where I was like, I, I, I want Blair to have more to do for her to have more of the spotlight and for her to be more of a like to gain more maturity in the way that Sterling is on the other side. I think her one, like I think your, your assessment is correct. And uh, I think her growth was probably going to be a bigger focus in season two. Yeah. Because it does feel like with Sterling coming out and then also this huge reveal about like Sterling's parents mm-hmm. that it, feels it, like it moves it from this like, is more her story exactly. than the twins yeah she becomes um, the hero and blair becomes a supporting character which like i don't think that was their intent and i certainly that's not the story i want to see yeah uh my only complaint was that during the climax uh blair is passive she does a ton to solve the mystery and to get all of the pieces on the board, but it's Bowser and Dana, or not Dana, it's Bowser and Mom, I'm going to yeah. say, because I can't remember which switch. Bowser and Mom get the hero moments of stopping the baddies. And, uh, like... It, and it would have been easy to, like, have Blair, like, be the one holding the shotgun to Aunt Dana have some I kind think of it thing. had to be mom. I think maybe I... Bowser and Blair, like if Bowser shot the thing and then like maybe knocked the dude into Blair's line of fire and then Blair kneecapped Levi. Like, sure. you know, I think there could have been something there for the two of them to do together. Yeah. I wouldn't take mom or Bowser out of the equation. I just would have tried to have added Blair in a bit more. I, I do agree because I did feel at the end I felt like she was R2-D2 a little bit where Bowser's like, stay behind here, stay with the ship. And she's just kind of like keeps popping her head out in the middle of the crossfire. And it's like the fact that she had to hide in the fridge and ended up safe means that like she was the like wrong, like she was wrong to be like trying to be in the fray. Whereas if she did have some kind of a heroic moment, it would have been like how it's been the whole season of like Bowser underestimating them. and them showing up in a big moment and in the biggest moment they allowed her to kind of like just like you said be passive so like i i I totally agree with that i think i think it goes hand in hand of just like give i want blair to have more to do more than just like she's good at bounty hunting like that's that's like a trait that's not like a characteristics that's not a dynamic that like can open herself up to bigger parts of the plot yep that being said, <laughs> good fucking show. Good, good I show. Would, if you said watch this again right now, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. No. And guess what? I am. Kirsten just mm-hmm. finished episode four. Oh, I know you are. And Kirsten is heading into episode five next, which is like where it starts to get good. Um. So I'm very, I'm very excited. Not that this show ever like gets good. It's it starts good, is good, ends good. Um, but I'm very excited to uh dive immediately back into the show. There's there's no point in in trying to predict a season two because 
as as I have tried to predict uh, anything happening in these episodes, the writers of the show ended up doing a much better job. So I'm not going to embarrass myself. Um, all I can say is like y'all like every single network out there who's like looking for a show to just like add to their repertoire. Pick like, up this show. Pick up this show. Like Netflix is the is the is the the place that that happens. But like Yo Hulu, uh this is a this would be a perfect show for like an FX kind of thing. This would be a perfect show on HBO Max. Like let let's do it. Like let let's get into this. There's a lot of swearing and there's some nudity which like maybe like makes the Disney folks at Hulu like, I don't know, but like shut up. Just pick up this good show. Black Sales is on Hulu. Oh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. It, it feels hollow to say congrats, but congrats to Kathleen Jordan. Yeah, for you making, made a great show, Kathleen Jordan. You did Jordan. such an awesome job, and I'm so sorry that it didn't work out, but and that that's not your fault. That's not this show's fault. Thank, like, Congrats to Maddie Phillips, our Sterling. Congrats to Angelica Bettfellini, our, our Blair. Congrats to Kandeem Harrison. Congrats to, like, Everyone who was in this show like carried their weight. Yeah, they made a remarkable piece of art and uh, it was canceled too soon. But like, damn, if it ain't still affecting and moving people and uh, it's a fucking joyride. It's a really fun show. The 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 girl who is in the girl's class. um, I've, I've been wanting to point this out for the whole time we've been doing this Lorna who like is kind of like the very flirtatious one and at the last in the lock in is about to have sex with uh, heterosexual Samwise Gamgee um her her name in IMDb is listed as horny Lorna I wanted that that was not explained (laughs) like I was waiting for that to be a thing that like was talked about I want to know more about Lorna I want I want her to have her big season two moment and she won't. Was the kid who was about to get it on with Horny Lorna, was that the virgin who was yes. the captain of the golf team? Yep. Yep. That Love Luke that. Was imme- that Luke was immediately like, yeah, Franklin's going to take over as captain because, you know, he's still a virgin. Um. <laughs> Love that. Love that. If that ain't evangelical uh, school right there. Luke, Luke is so good in this final episode, too. He's got a guitar sleeping bag and he's like yeah it was really expensive and really small and really hard to fit into but like look mm-hmm. how cool it is he's such a he's such a himbo mm-hmm. terrence coin is a perfect character he's a perfect man he'll, he'll he's he can terrence's camera guy always doing cross stitching amazing <laughs> terrence's camera guy never using a camera <laughs> All right, we could we could talk about teenage bounty hunters yeah, till I, the honestly, end of time. We we may have to like, I feel like even monthly we just have to get on here and for Patreon and just be like, let's let's just, do you guys want to remember teenage bounty hunters and how good that show was and just like rattle off some of our favorite moments that we remember months and months from now. It's so good. <sighs> Let's wrap it. Okay, yeah, we got. Let's wrap it. Yeah, yeah. Got to go to bed eventually. I don't want to. I just want. I just want to talk about this show. Um, follow us on Twitter at pending pod. Follow us on Instagram at ending pending. 
Um, check out our website. That's for the whole kit and caboodle at wherethemay.com. That's for our network. You can find links to our merch, links to other shows on the network, and links to our Patreon. You're also able to access our Patreon at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, expect a lot more uh, teenage bounty hunters um, content popping up there. Um, we have uh, a Drunk Ronnie episode coming up uh, very soon. Thanks to our patrons. We have a new podcast by Ronnie coming up. Thanks to our patrons. Um, and thank oh, you we so gotta- much. We gotta record that. Evan explains ABO and to we've got a yeah, we got a, a very special yeah. uh, fan fiction is good actually episode coming up. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of good things coming up that like I again I'm very excited to have done this show, and it does feel like we are going to be entering into a period where it's like man, this this could be this could be. See, every time I do it, I I forget what the title of the show is. It is a bad title. I will give you, that. That is, it is not a great title. Um, I'm very excited about the future of what we're doing here at Where They May Radio. So if, if you are to uh, hop over to the Patreon, hop over to the website, lots of uh, cool stuff there for you to check out. Um, check out Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Check out uh, Force Friends Rewatch. Check out Good Neighbors. Um, and uh, yeah, any anything else we wanna we wanna plug? Anything else we wanna share? Check out uh, uh, Les Hangout and check out The Flame. Uh, podcast by Ellie and Lee who were on last week and thank you again for this show give Kathleen Jordan money yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna look, see if I can link Kathleen uh, Jordan's Kofi <laughs> she probably doesn't have one she's probably like a, you know a, a professional working in Hollywood or whatever Hollywood is now Netflix Hollywood but um, give mm-hmm. People with money, uh, by which I mean, like, the 1%, by which I mean, like, the dude at, dudes at Netflix with money. Give Kathleen Jordan money. Um, oh my gosh. I found her Twitter, and she hasn't tweeted basically since Teenage Bounty Hunters ended, and her Twitter bio is, always crying, exclamation point, so... Oh, <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, no. Oh, no. She hasn't tweeted since October 6, 2020, which I presumably, oh. it, it seems like she was tweeting along with the show. No, Kathleen Jordan, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Andy, All right, we're done we, with the show. Yeah, how do we end this episode? Give Kathleen Jordan money. Yeah, give Kathleen Jordan uh, money. Where They May Radio.